W-P-H-A-T. You're listening to the number one health and wellness podcast, the place where health and consciousness connect perfectly, perfectly healthy, healthy and tone radio, 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 radio with your host, Darren McDuffie. And now prepare to get fat. What's up, peeps, and welcome to an episode of Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio. I'm your show host, Darren McDuffie, alias Fat Man, because I help you become perfectly healthy and toned and conscious. Today's show is with Dr. Maria Manzanares, and we're talking about relieving insomnia. But before we get into the show, just wanted to give you a few heads up. If you have not visited the store on PerfectlyHealthyAndToned.com, please do so. have a number of great products in that store, Diane Kayser's Warrior Clan. A lot of people have some great testimonials as far as losing weight, skin issues, digestive issues have cleared up. So do check her cleanse out. And I believe she's updating that cleanse for January of 2018. So you may want to hop in now. The next thing is the SIBO SOS Summit. Talked about this on the last episode. If you have not had a chance to check that out, go in the store and check it out. I believe the summit is over, but at this point you can go in and purchase the pre-recorded videos. A lot of experts on that summit. So if you're someone who is suffering from small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, I would advise you to go in and check that summit out. The last thing I just added was Dr. Maria's sleep product. She offers a sleep product. So again, you can check that out in the store. And if you want to work with Dr. Maria after the interview, you can click on that, take you out directly to her website, and you'll be able to schedule some time in talking with her and relieving your insomnia. Thank you for your support as always. And if you have any questions about something you want to clear up on a past episode, or you may want to actually recommend someone to be on the show, please email me at Darren at PerfectlyHealthyAndTone.com. Now that that's out of the way, let me read Dr. Maria's bio. Dr. Maria Manzanares was an assistant professor of radiology at the University of Miami. She was diagnosing patients with cancer every day, and one day she had an epiphany. Radiology offered a very refined set of tools to diagnose and treat disease, but she not only wanted to diagnose, she also wanted to offer techniques for true healing. Dr. Manzanares then embarked on a journey to study integrative medicine where she would be able to offer different modalities to assist in treating the whole human being. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the interview. What's cracking, peeps, and welcome back to another episode of Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio. I have a very special guest today, but before I get to her, I wanted to just remind you of the show that I did a couple of weeks ago with Cochise Tariq Saw on Holistic Health Made Simple. If you haven't checked that episode out, please do go back and check that episode out, especially if you're someone who is just getting into health. Cochise gives a lot of tips on how to really use things and make them simple to get the health that you deserve. So go back and check that interview out. We had a really good time on that interview. He comes from the same background as I am. He's 6'5", I'm 6'7". We both play basketball, so it was a really good time, really good energy on that show. So please go back and check that show out. Today, I have a very special guest with me. She is a friend of mine and been wanting to get her on the show for a while to talk about insomnia. A lot of times I know people out there who have issues with sleeping. Some of you are not sleeping or are not sleeping enough. And today we're going to talk about relieving insomnia with Dr. Maria Manzanares. Dr. Maria, welcome to Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio. Hi, Darren. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on. This has been a long time coming. I'm so glad we got a chance to do this I interview. Know, finally. <laughs> yeah, finally. So 
Perfect timing. Yeah, so we are talking about insomnia. And as I mentioned before and getting you on, a lot of people are having issues with sleeping. Some people are not sleeping at all. But before we get into the topic, I just wanted to ask you something that I ask all of my guests. is just how did you get into the medical field? What sparked your interest in health? Oh, my God. I always wanted to help people, but not helping people from a place that I need to tell you what to do. It's more like being in a journey with somebody that is going to have the wonderful tools that I have to share so they can see what works for them. It's more like an empowering type of relation. And I love it. I yeah. just love it. Mm -hmm. So you do something. I know when I was in the pharmaceutical pharmaceutical sales. I know I called on doctors, medical doctors. I had internists. I had all kinds of people. I called on ER. <laughs> and you do something that's a little bit different. You do integrative medicine. Tell the audience what integrative medicine is. Integrative medicine is a healing-oriented medicine. It approaches the energetic, emotional, and physical components of your being and uh, uses all the therapies that are available for that, both conventional and alternative. So it, it actually takes the best of traditional medicine with all the knowledge and expertise and the best of the holistic and natural medicine with healing as yoga, meditation, homeopathy, supplements, herbs, essential oils, and the list goes on and on. I noticed that you do something very unique as I was preparing and doing some research for the show. You are someone that incorporates yoga, and you just mentioned that you incorporate yoga into your program. Tell us why you do that. Oh, new yoga is a masterful combination of the things that you need in order to connect everything we mentioned before. So we use the breath, we use the meditation, we use the movement, which they all have been extensively studied. You know, we know that movement that uh, adds the flexibility not only to the body, to the mind, but also has all these benefits in stress control, neuroplasticity. We'll talk a little bit about it. So how you can shape or reshape your brain and, and the way you think and the way you act. The immune system it works with the mood, uh, gives more mental clarity. And in general, it's an overall improvement of health, not only physical, but emotional and mental as well. You talked a lot about emotional uh, you've mentioned that word a couple of times just here in the start. How much illness and even attaching in, insomnia with that, how much is that emotional? How much is that related to our mood? Oh, totally. Our emotional state can deeply affect not only our sleep cycle, but our health. Uh, I actually teach my, my clients, and I like to call them clients instead of patients, <laughs> <laughs> to listen to their emotions and their bodies because they are actually talking to you. They are these strong indicators of what's going on. And if you catch an emotion in an early state and do something about it and realize what is this emotion telling me, then you can actually prevent it from becoming a physical symptom. And it's, it's amazing. So let's get into this insomnia thing. I don't think I'm an insomniac, but I do have some, <laughs> some, some days when I can't sleep. Like last night, it took me a while to fall asleep. But what classifies as insomnia? Is it 
two weeks or three weeks do we have to go a month without sleep and also are you an insomniac or do you suffer from insomnia when you can fall asleep but you wake up at night and you can't fall asleep so what actually yeah. classifies insomnia yeah well insomnia can be short term which in medical terms is the acute insomnia or it can be a long term which is the chronic insomnia it also can come and go with periods of time when a person has no sleep problems and then out of a sudden in a week you can sleep or like you said last night so acute insomnia can last from one night it's actually just one night to a few weeks and chronic is when a person has insomnia for at least three nights a week and for a month or longer than that and you mentioned the symptoms and the symptoms are simple very difficult time falling asleep at night waking up in the middle of the night and having a difficult time to go back to sleep. And in general, feeling tired upon waking, feeling restless, feeling like you don't have energy. And um, there's some conditions that are tied to a very subtle type of insomnia that kind of keeps crawling on you without even realizing that you have it. And it varies on how long it lasts and how often it occurs. But yeah, it's, it can be just one night or it can be up to months. What conditions are associated with this? Because I know long term, I, I know that the body needs sleep, but yeah. long term, what type of health conditions might be related to sleep deprivation? It is uh, very interesting because it's like a dance, you know, like uh, the thing with the chicken and, and the egg. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sometimes you don't know which one. <laughs> It's very hard to know which one goes first. So I'll answer from the positive aspect and then we'll go a little bit more into it. I actually call it the goodies in my in, in the course that I offer for insomnia. So the benefits are restoration. Sleep actually provides your body with the opportunity to repair and to rejuvenate itself. Your muscles also actually grow during your sleep. While you're sleeping, you release some hormones especially the growth hormone that in some cases is only released during sleep. So this actually facilitates the cell renewal process. And if you suffer any injury or recovering from surgery, good sleep will be expediting all the healing process. With your brain, cognitive function gets tweaked while you sleep. Many neural connections are only used while you sleep and will die due to the lack of activity otherwise. And uh, that's why sleep plays such an important role in children and why they spend so much time in REM sleep. We can talk a little bit about REM sleep afterwards. Cardiovascular health, and this is a biggie, uh, your heart and your cardiovascular system also can take a break to recover while you sleep. And some studies have shown that sleep deprivation can actually increase the risk of coronary artery disease heart attack and death. Your mood, the REM cycle also allows your brain to reorder, archive and process emotions, experiences and all the inputs uh, that you have throughout your day. And when you don't have good quality sleep, your attention, your focus and judgment, they can become impaired. You can actually lose your capacity to learn new things and to process information, not only to make sound decisions, but to plan and more importantly, to remain neutral, which is really important. In other words, to use that part of the brain that allows you to see things from a non-emotional charged perspective and analyze the whole picture. So that is very important. Your brain is, is like a waste, has like a waste recycling system or lymphatic system that only works or works mostly while you are asleep. Insomnia is pro-inflammatory. Chronic inflammation has been found as one of the culprits of many conditions, including chronic pain and autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis and the list goes on. So this chronic inflammation is also a primary component of atherogenesis, the basis 
diagnosis of heart disease and a stroke mm -hmm. and plays an important role in the development of cancer. So imagine how important this is because some of these substances that are called cytokines, they are both influenced by the quantity and quality of sleep. For people that want to lose weight, your insomnia can contribute to your weight gain because lack of sleep increases sugar and carbohydrates cravings. It has an effect on an insulin resistance. So with all the hormones and this effect on insulin resistance, you can have it like I have a very difficult time to lose those extra pounds or that localized fat that you cannot get rid of, also because of the cortisol, which increases fat storage. So this can be deeply uh, affected, and especially people that are prone to diabetes, they can be more prone to diabetes because of the insomnia. And last but not least, veto and sexual health. When you are sleeping, you actually balance your dopamine function, which is one of the main factors for healthy libido. Mm -hmm. and uh, sexual performance and sleep is very critical in keeping your brain dopamine receptors healthy and fully functioning so the list goes on and on but these yeah. are the most the more important ones yeah i'm sure a lot of people out there listening about libido they you know sex seems to wake people up and this is something uh -huh. affects your sex drive then they they need <laughs> exactly. to pay attention it, dr maria is the brain of someone who's suffering from insomnia wired differently is there something going on that's not functioning the optimal way in the brain. It sure is. You see, what we do every day uh, creates these connections that are called the neuropathways that the brain makes in order to optimize functions. So, for example, you don't have to learn how to tie your shoelaces every day or how to drink out of a cup. Your nervous system creates this kind of shortcuts that allow you to use less mental energy on those daily tasks and that explains how easy it becomes for you to drive to work if you take the same route every day, right? Mm -hmm. But after a while, you hardly need to pay attention on which corner it is that you need to make that right turn, etc. So when you have these repetitive behaviors and thoughts, you create these neural pathways that make you feel more at ease. And that's why people sometimes say, oh, I work better at night or I have to go to sleep after 2 a.m., but you see, a belief is a thought that you repeat to yourself. So uh, your brain also gets used to it and creates a shortcut and it goes there because it's easier. You know, it's automatic. That's why it seems harder sometimes to change or introduce a new behavior that in the long run may be good for you, like going to a gym or learning to play a new instrument. So the brain of the insomnia gets used to some of these repetitive behaviors. And that's why sometimes it's so hard to break their circle that cycle do we is it better for you to not force yourself to sleep because i know sometimes i'll lay in the bed myself when on a night when i find it hard to, to fall asleep and i find that if i can get up and just go read a book for a little bit or just not force myself to sleep then when i come back to bed i fall asleep a lot easier for someone who's suffering from insomnia is it counterproductive for them to lay in bed and say hey i can't sleep i gotta force myself to sleep yeah it's not good for you i i actually don't recommend it i don't recommend it to force it there's so many factors that you know they're playing in there but if you're in the, there's a, it's the middle of the night and you're there lying on your bed and you're looking at, at, at the ceiling, I will definitely recommend to get up and do something else. Drink a glass of milk or do some uh, relaxation uh, breathing techniques, for example, or a little bit of yoga or reading a nice book. I wouldn't recommend to go and see a horror movie <laughs> or <laughs> yeah. something that will engage your brain and make you feel like awful. 
but definitely something that will allow your your entire body and your mind to go to a more restful uh, state. What about substances like caffeine, caffeinated teas, things like that? Because what I notice, and I'll put myself in here and use as an example, but mm -hmm. for me, I know that I have to cut off coffee at about three o'clock if I do any coffee and chocolate is another one if I do those and this might be a belief with me but coffee and chocolate after 3 p.m. I'm wide awake and it's and, and I get in that state where I really don't want to to fall asleep and I feel like I have so much energy and to actually add on to that another thing that I feel happens with a lot of people too is that we get in bed and we start our minds start going over things like I become very creative at night when I'm getting in bed I don't know why but <laughs> but my best ideas seem to come at night when I get in bed and sometimes I just have to shut my my mind down but talk about it from the aspect of substances whereas you know like coffee and chocolate and then maybe that whole thing of getting excited of having more creativity as you go to bed yeah yeah the sensitivity to the substances varies from one person to the other, but as a general rule, uh, you should definitely avoid caffeinated beverages and, and foods after 3 p.m. So you can allow your body to be without the substances and have the normal cycle of, okay, now it's time to start wrapping the day up and going into that more relaxed state so I can actually go to sleep and allow my body to go into the restorative mode. The thing is that uh, nowadays it's hard <laughs> because uh, there's a constant uh, stimulation, you know, that mm -hmm. keep, like really, really keeps you in the fight or flight state, and, uh, is, which is the sympathetic uh, mode, and we can talk a little bit more yeah, about that. Yeah, I want to ask you about that, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So um, you want to uh, let's let's talk a little bit about that. So we have this uh, part of our nervous system uh, which controls the automatic most of the automatic functions that we don't need to be totally conscious about, like our breathing, our heartbeat, and things like that. Part of it is keeping ourselves in two different states. One is the sympathetic and the other one is the parasympathetic. The sympathetic nervous system is the one that is called fight or flight, which is the one, one of the analogies I use for my clients is you are going, imagine we are in the era of the dinosaurs, right? Mm -hmm. And you're going out for food <laughs> and you're carrying your, your big thing, you know, to get your food, whatever that is going to be, like a mountain lion or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then you see a dinosaur. So what are you going to do at that moment? At that moment, the sympathetic nervous system is going to kick in and you're going to be, okay, am I going to fight this dinosaur, this T-Rex, or I'm just going to go and run for my life? That's what the sympathetic nervous system is. And that is what it was designed for. Fight or flight. That moment in time where you're running a marathon, that moment in time where you're giving a speech, that moment in time when you need all this endorphins, so all these uh, neural uh, transmitters there kicking in, so you have your heart rate is increased, your blood pressure is increased, and you're on the go, right? Mm -hmm. And you have the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the one that is allowing you to relax, is the one that is allowing you to go to sleep, is the one that is allowing you to be more in a, in a, in a, a space when you can connect to your inner self and you can be at ease. 
And of course, uh, restoration happens here. The cellular regeneration happens here. You can connect the dots for some things and then you can go over your day and you can see things from a more neutral perspective that is only going to work when you are in that state of mind. Nowadays, it's all about the sympathetic nervous system because we're all in the run. We all always being stimulated by our environment, by the fact that we are getting all these texts all the time, emails all the time, and we yeah. have to be constantly responding, right? Yeah, I was going to ask you uh, about that because, you know, the, <laughs> the smartphones, like we're constantly checking social media. Constantly. We're, so we're always in, like you said, that sympathetic state. And, Bombarded. And, and another thing this. as well is, I think that people, most people are in survival mode. They're just surviving. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this is the thing. This was designed to be there running for a short period of time so your body can actually do everything that is needed in order to run the marathon, right? After a while, if you're not going to the parasympathetic part of, of your day, your body's going to start taking a toll on it. Because you're not allowing your body to go to that rest mode that it needs in order to regenerate and recover from all that. So in, 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 uh, imagine all this going on. Plus the Red Bull, mm -hmm. the 15 cups of coffee, and all the stuff that comes with food and energy and this and this and that. You keep your body going on on a constant stimulation that it then, then explains chronic problems with digestive problems, the chronic uh, problems with uh, anxiety, mm -hmm. the high blood pressure, the hormonal disbalances because the adrenals go to a place where they just can't function anymore and they keep producing all these substances to make the body, you know, to have the ability for the body to keep going. So it is, um, it is important to realize that it's not necessary to be constantly in this stimulation phase and that it is important to allow our bodies to go into the parasympathetic mode. Are we living in a deadly state? Because what happens, I think, from doing research to prepare for speaking with you today, it's as if we suffer from a lack of sleep, someone has insomnia, therefore they wake up the next morning without adequate sleep jobs performance suffers but at one t what time does that cycle become deadly what time what at what time does the coffee and the red bull backfire on us is it within a two days or a week or a month that we're suffering from the lack of sleep we red bull we coffee then we repeat the cycle all over again when does that begin to to backfire on us this could be a matter of hours seriously we are in this era of instant gratification. Everything is so quick now. We get frustrated if the text message doesn't go out in seconds. And if we have a question, we Google it and we obtain an immediate response, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And one of the things that comes with that is the need to be constantly connected, quote unquote, connected <laughs> and constantly fired up. So people work more hours. There are more hours in front of the monitors. They're very extended, extended periods of time. The days are longer now. We even change, you know, the, the, the clock because we need to be up more hours. There's a need to be more productive, more proactive, more engaged. Again, quote unquote. 
And all, all this takes a toll in your actual connection to your body, your capacity to go from sympathetic to parasympathetic, the regeneration and all that. And uh, it's going to start showing very subtle signs. Like if you start feeling that this sense of unease, you start feeling this sense of when you stop, when you finally stop, when you get home and you have the opportunity to stop, if you feel this a little sense of unease, I don't know if you know what I mean, there's definitely something going on in there. And that can mm. be just hours. The, it starts with a little, feeling a little off, like an emotion of hmm, something is not right here. Then can build up to uh, gastric reflux, and then it can build up to being anxious and, and stress, that people call it stress, you know, daily stress. And then goes up to a cardiovascular disease and, and goes up to a chronic state of high blood pressure, and the list goes on and on. So it's just a matter of hours. You work with people on a daily basis with, with this type of stuff, and I'm sure with other abnormalities as well. Mm -hmm. For two years, and again, I'm going to use myself as example because it's just <laughs> you and I. For two years, I was waking up at 3 in the morning to 3.15. And what I kind of got from that, and some nights I wouldn't be able to fall asleep, but I remember just looking at it from like a spiritual perspective. And that time from 3 to 3.15 is like a time of awakening. And that's what I attributed to. Attributed to, but at first I would never listen to it. How many mm. people that you are working with that aren't really following their calling or there's something that they're supposed to do? Maybe they're not supposed to be in a the relationship they're in. Maybe they're just something that's going on, but they're not really listening to it. And do you kind of dig underneath that and say, hey, this is, you need to listen to this, this, this voice that's telling you something is not right, which you just talked about. But how often does that happen? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I could tell you 100% of the time because we humans are amazing. We are so powerful, but we are masters of denial. We are masters of denial. We keep telling ourselves these stories over and over again in order to keep going. And uh, one of the things about this constant stimulation and this instant gratification era that we're living in right now is we're losing that connection to our inner beings and we're losing that capacity to listen to ourselves, to listen to our emotions are telling us. So like something you said was very beautiful. You were waking up at 3 a.m. in the morning and you were noticing that during those times you were able to stop and actually connect to yourself. And that's why I went quote unquote when I was talking about connection because all this connection with your with the cell phones, with the tablet, with this and this and that, it's connection to something external to you. But it's actually taking a big, big toll in the connection with your inner being. So once you take a moment, and it doesn't have to be an hour a day, it could be 15 minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, 5 minutes a day. When you stop and you're able to connect with your inner being and you're able to listen to what your body is telling you, you'll notice such, such, such different shift. You, you will notice how amazing your body is and how every single symptom is telling you exactly what's going on with your body and every single emotion as well. Yeah, for me, it, had, it, it was that stillness at 3 a.m. or 3.15 when I was waking up at night. It was always deafening for me because it was like I, I really 
at the time it started happening, I really wasn't listening. And then slowly but surely, I began to start listening to what it was telling me. And like I said, I would imagine a lot of people go through the same thing. But I want to get into the mechanics of insomnia. And you mentioned earlier in the interview of talking about REM sleep. What mm -hmm. is REM sleep? What is that? And why is that important? Yeah. One thing that I want to touch uh, base a little bit before we uh, go to the next uh, question is... Mm -hmm. Being awake at 3 a.m. in the morning is not bad. If you take uh, some time to be able to be in that state when everything is silent and you can actually listen to yourself and you go into parasympathetic mode, hey, it could be 3 a.m. in the morning, it could be 5 a.m. in the morning, it could be 10 p.m. at night. You can make a very conscious decision to disconnect even in your own house and make that a state of 3 a.m. stillness, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be at 3 a.m., but 3 a.m. is good because the, the, the city is asleep and, and it's hard for you to go and open your laptop at 3 a.m. Anyway, let's talk about the REM phase. So the REM phase is the rapid eye movement phase, and it is also called the paradoxical sleep because uh, of the increase in the body's temperature, heart and respiratory rates, it's like you're awake. Your brain waves are very similar to the ones you're in the awakened state, and it's, it, it could be 20 to 25% of the total sleep in, in, in grown-ups. Uh, newborns spend almost nine hours in REM sleep, and this starts decreasing with age. In general, we go to REM sleep every 90 minutes during a, a, a cycle of sleep, if, it, if it's a complete cycle, and it gets longer after the last part of the sleep cycle. So you're probably going to be able to remember your dreams a little more in the last part of the night mm -hmm. or right before your awakening. This phase is extremely important because it's here where the dreams happen, and dreaming provides a time where your brain has a chance to reorder archive and process multiple emotions, experiences, all the stuff that happened during the day, your feelings, your mood. And it's imperative for, uh, we were talking before about the cognition and the memory. One thing that is very important is that there are many medications and supplements out there that can affect your ability to enter and remain on REM sleep. And this, of course, is going to affect your mood, your cognitive functions, and your overall health. So, in the course, I give a detailed list of the supplements and medications that can affect their REM sleep, and I give some more natural alternatives. And this is really amazing because when you think about the amount of people that are taking this kind of medications, which can range from antidepressants to thyroid hormones, when you have, when you're really affecting your REM sleep, you are affecting your capacity to dream, and then your capacity to process your emotions to relax and go to a deeper parasympathetic state. So this only amplifies what we've been talking about of being in constant movement, constant stimulation, constant sympathetic asleep, uh, state. So if you're taking a pill that is making you feel happier, happier, but at the same time you're repressing your brain's ability to dream, it's, it's just mind-blowing. And imagine the amount of people that are taking these types of medications. For Talking about supplements, I know a lot of times when people say they have uh, issues sleeping, first thing mm -hmm. is, is people want to suggest uh, melatonin and then another one is valerian root. How effective are those or are those some things that you use in your program to help people with sleep? I love supplements and I especially love the ones that are natural. I love melatonin and valerian. They're amazing. 
But it is really important to keep in mind that not all supplements are made equal. So on the second part of this sleep course, I cover the food, environmental, and lifestyle causes of insomnia and include a detailed explanation on these supplements, herbs, oils, and other sleeping aids. Now, we know there are multiple causes of insomnia. And I've heard many stories about what you just said. People saying, oh, the supplements are not really working. I'm taking this melatonin mm-hmm. and doesn't that do the trick for me? One important thing here is to, to know that sometimes we want the magic pill that is going to take all problems <laughs> yeah. away, you know, and takes it back to sleep. And it's a very good example of how people approach wellness right now, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I tell my, my clients, taking a supplement, but then having 10 cups of, co- of coffee or engaging your brain right before you go to sleep is like taking a pill for a headache and then banging your head against the wall. <laughs> so please don't blame the melatonin <laughs> yeah. if you're not willing to change your lifestyle a little bit. You know, also with with the supplements, too, I'll say this from my own personal experience is that you have high quality supplements and then you have lower quality something like you. The supplements you're going to get at Walmart are not going to be the greatest supplements versus unfortunately. Yeah. And a lot of people (laughs) think. Right. Yeah. A lot of people think melatonin is melatonin is melatonin. No, it's not. (laughs) Once you get a high quality supplement, it's good. Talking about sleep for hours. This is one thing that. I've kind of gotten away from and I've been more listening to my body and what's for me. I did this years ago with food, but these guidelines, like for instance, people say, oh, drink seven or eight glasses of water per day. But hey, you don't live in Florida, so I might need exactly. 12 or 13 or 20 glasses of, of water. Yeah. So talk about sleep, because generally we're given a guideline to get 78 hours per sleep per night. But some of us just function better on five. So should we yeah. keep listening to it and applying resistance because we're not getting the seven to eight? Or we you, do you teach clients to listen to their bodies and say, hey, after five, I'm refreshed. I can get up and I feel great. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the seven to eight hours of sleep is is, is an urban legend that really the amount of time needed varies a lot depending on the individual, your state of mind, your capacity for relaxation, and any associated conditions that you may have. So I strongly recommend to listen to your body. Some people that take a sleeping pills, for example, they can sleep up to for 12 hours and then they're going to wake up and they feel awful next day. And they have no energy and they're extremely tired. And this, this goes for the quality of the sleep. You can sleep five hours, and if you have a really good quality, like a restorative sleep, you'll be perfectly fine. Like I told you, newborns, of course, they spend half of the time asleep because they need the REM phase, and their brains are growing, and is there so much need for this parasympathetic state for them to develop their bodies and their minds. And as we grow old, we need less sleep. And it all depends on your capacity to go to a parasympathetic mode. If you meditate, for example, if you're somebody who meditates or likes to go for walks and you connect with nature and you find some other ways to go into that relaxation state, you may need less hours. Yeah, let's, I want to save that for meditation too because I had some people commenting on Facebook about that. You mentioned earlier where we need less REM sleep as we get older. Mm-hmm. 
does that backfire on us? Because I know with the older population, and you see this, like my grandmother, when she was alive, she would not sleep for more than two or three hours. Yeah. <laughs> and, and is that something that's common in the older population? Or are you seeing that in people of all ages now where they're having this issue with sleeping just because the overstimulation, if nothing else? Yeah, I, I, I see a lot of different things. I will say both. We have this thing when we grow older, and not all of us, but I, when I say we, uh, I talk about the human race. Sometimes when we get older, we get a little more rigid. You know, our mm -hmm. minds get a little more rigid. And it is very interesting because that kind of, of, of mind state really affects the quality of your sleep. Some older people have really the less need uh, or, or a need for less hour to have a restorative sleep and they tend to waken a little bit easier than uh, when you were younger. But now, days, because of all this stimulation, because of all these substances, because of all these drinks and all that stuff, and uh, we haven't talked about the light, but the blue light, mm -hmm. we are totally changing our circadian rhythms and now we are not able to get more hours of sleep just because there's so much stimulation that our bodies are totally confused. They don't know exactly what's going on, when, when I'm supposed to be awake, when I'm supposed to be asleep. And that is, that's a biggie. That's a biggie nowadays. Going back to just emotions and talking more about emotions and just talking about trauma, there are... I met a lot of people within my age group who served in the army and mm -hmm. they were over in the, the during the Gulf War and they participated in that. And most of them have sleep issues. Yeah. What what is it emotions or what they went through? They're hearing you know, the bombings, the things that were going on while they were over there. Does that play a significant part in them not being able to sleep because they're what what I know is that the sub the conscious mind might forget, but the body never does. Exactly. So mm -hmm. so talk about that for a while. And have you worked with people like that who are war veterans or may have been older and participated in a war, you know, many years ago? And they're still having these issues with sleeping. Yeah, I, I one of the things that I love is I love to work with the elderly population, and I I work a lot with people that are uh, home based, and mm, a lot of them are because uh, they they were you know in the war and they're veterans right now, and they they have disability because of this uh, mental states, and it is really interesting to see how their minds have this uh, difficulty to go from sympathetic to parasympathetic. And that is tied to the things that I find fascinating about sleep. And it's, sleep is going in a little death every night. It's like dying. And sleep has a lot to, ha to do with that capacity of surrender, surrender and trust. And believe it or not, when we are in that mental state and we've been through so many things and there's so many things that are still so active in our minds and we keep, you know, recreating that or even in our cellular memory, like you said, your body will remember, it is really difficult to change the mind to that state of surrendering. And one of the things that I started with, uh, which is the first part of the course, is actually training the mind to go to a different story and training the mind to exercise and, and start like training that muscle of being able to surrender. And if you're able to surrender to your own sleep, then 
a lot of beautiful things can come after that. You talk about meditation, and I wanted to come back to that point. How mm -hmm. important is meditation, and is that something you do with your clients to teach them how to meditate, to, to focus yeah. them on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't uh, push it because you know there's always free will. I um, I love meditation, mm -hmm. and uh, I know myself that sometimes we're so resistant that we we don't find time to meditate, right? And I tell my clients, you cannot afford not to meditate, not to make the time to meditate, because it's going to change the whole, your entire day. If you meditate for 10 minutes in the morning, that is going to affect your entire, entire day. Mm -hmm. um, yes, in the, in the course, in the first part of the course, I actually give some free uh, meditations that are very easy to follow. Uh, recordings that people can follow with uh, sound, uh, which is part of the one of the yogas that I practice. It has uh, sound on it, which really helps the mind to follow the sound, and is a very individual uh, process. Uh, and you and I can tailor it depending of how I see, you know, how the mind of this person works. Uh, some people are uh, there for them easier to do silent meditation. For some people, uh, singing and having that sound meditation that is kind of a guided meditation is easier. Some are more visual and they really work with some kind of uh, repetitive uh, pattern that is going on. And there are some meditations out on YouTube that are very helpful for that. In general, what I like to tell people about meditation, that meditation is not that you see on TV, that is somebody staying, uh, sitting there with the back super straight and hands uh, open and um because that tends to throw people off and being like, oh, I, I can't do that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, meditation could be, like I mentioned before, go for a walk and just be in nature for a little bit and allowing yourself to listen to the sound of the wind, the birds, and connecting with, the, with your surroundings. So it's a very personalized journey, but it is so, so good for you and allows the brain to go into that state of relaxation. And then from there, where we talked about your connection to your inner being, your inner self. Yeah, I think it's just people can't get relaxed. And I know for, for me personally, it was a, a problem I used to have with that, just like letting go and just letting myself be able to relax. And I think a lot of people have that issue. When we deal with insomnia, I'm speaking from personal spirit. I have a cousin who is mm -hmm. older, who has insomnia. Her son has insomnia. Is this something that runs in the family or it's just because we're doing the same habits, you know, <laughs> you know, staying up watching TV or, and I got a question from Facebook about the TV thing as well, but does this come out of just being able to doing the same habits? We talked a little bit about this before. I believe it's just a thought that you keep repeating yourself. Mm -hmm. And we all know how powerful the mind is. And now that we really, that, I mean, so many studies out there, and it has been discovered that some of the quote-unquote genetic diseases can be deeply affected by the individual's attitude towards it and a state of mind. One of the things that, that I, I teach in this course is about how to change the stories that you keep repeating to yourself. Am I always saying that this is happening to me because it runs in my family? Am I adopting the same behaviors that are probably not helping me go to sleep? Like, for example, do we get together for tea and coffee at 5 p.m.? Because we've done it in the family before. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
so it is really interesting to see, okay, how, how is that? How is your day? What do you eat? What is your paying attention to the lifestyle and especially paying attention to our speech and the stories that we keep repeating to ourselves will give so much information about what's going on because we're extremely powerful. Hey, and what we keep telling ourselves, it keeps happening. I believe that. Mm -hmm. So I had two Facebook questions that I want to get to. And one is kind of, I alluded to it with the, the previous question, but TV. I know some mm -hmm. people say they cannot sleep with the TV off. I cannot sleep with the TV on. I have to have perfect silence in my room. But I had a question from Joetta on Facebook, and she says, can inadvertent noises from another room, like she's in her bedroom and someone has is watching a game out on, on, on TV in the living room or something like that, is that affecting her sleep? Well, definitely, if she's a light sleeper and she's she's waking up every time that they you know they go goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If it's soccer, then of course it's gonna affect her sleep. But let's let's go a little bit deeper into the TV and monitors and blue light. All these electronic devices they emit blue light. And if you have, I have an iPhone. I don't know if it happens with all the other phones, the Android and all this, but. Now the iPhone has this feature that you can actually dim the light and change the light to a little reddish color. I don't know if you've seen that after mm -hmm. uh, 5 p.m. And that is because of the blue light that all these devices emit and especially the TV. And uh, that affects the secretion of melatonin in our brains and uh, affects the way our pineal gland uh, works. So it really uh, messes up with the circadian rhythm and it messes up with the rhythm of the body in being in the conscious awakened state and being able to go into the relaxed state to fall asleep. And that's what, what I was talking about when I touched that about all this, the people that are younger now, they are working longer hours, they're staying up late, they're going uh, to the club. And if you notice, uh, lots of these clubs, they have blue lights. Mm -hmm. So imagine what this causes in your brain way before all this, uh, you know, this uh, amazing uh, things that are happening with technology way before where like think about farmers, think about maybe uh, your ancestors that were farmers. They used to raise up with the sunrise. The summer is coming up. They were they were waking up with the sun. They were keeping, you know, all their activities during the day. And then at night, they used to go early, they go, go to bed early at night because they go and they start wrapping up their days when the sun will go down. And that's how the body works. We are earthlings. We are human beings and we live on this planet and we have the circadian rhythm of the earth. So we have the sunrise and we have the sunset. And now we're missing that connection to the rhythm of the earth. And we're keeping ourselves awake even longer and longer. So the, our bodies, they're being, you know, entrained to this um, rhythm of the, of the planet are now trying to adjust to this different, different uh, rhythms. Uh, so the blue light affects your, your uh, melatonin uh, secretion on circadian rhythm, but also the electromagnetic fields that all these devices and the Wi-Fi's and all this, this uh, microwaves and all these this, uh, waves, of course, affect us somehow. And um, I try to stay away from all electronics 
before I go to sleep. I close my laptop, and uh, this is one of the tips uh, for people out there that are listening to this. They want to know what could I do in order to start sleeping a little better. Hey, make a commitment that you're going to close your laptop and all electronic devices at uh, 9 p.m. or 10 p.m., like an hour before you go to sleep, and start wrapping up your day and allow your body to go to that cycle of, okay, now we're dimming the lights, and uh, we're allowing the body to go into that relaxation state. I always put my phone on airplane while I'm asleep, mm-hmm. and, and I try to have the Wi-Fi uh, devices outside of the bedroom. Yeah, I, I uh, um, turn my Wi-Fi off. It's not even a need for it to be on while I'm sleeping anyway. Exactly. <laughs> so I turn it off. The next yeah. question was from Tang, and she said, does high blood pressure affect your sleep? And she's asking what is the right time to sleep with this condition. And, and also with that, she asked, and I think we, we answered this within the interview. She said, for someone who's in their 50s, is five hours sleep enough? Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, well, uh, like we spoke about that before, it goes both ways. We don't know exactly if the high blood pressure is affecting uh, the quality of your sleep or if not having the good quality sleep is affecting your blood pressure. Mm-hmm. and not really helping. It's all about the constant sympathetic, uh, constant stimulation. And uh, one of the things that I've noticed is when I start working with my clients, uh, some of my clients are uh, they're being able to get off their high blood pressure medications just by lifestyle changes and meditation and breathing techniques. Because once you train your body to go into that relaxation state and the parasympathetic state, then your physical body only has to follow your physical body follows your mind. If your mind is constantly engaged and, and you know, running away from dinosaurs, your, high, your, pleasure, your pressure is going to be high. But if you allow your mind to, to relax, the body is going to follow the mind. And the body is going to follow the breath, the breath and the blood pressure has to come down. And the last question is, you are working with your clients. Just take me through some of the things. First off, when someone comes to you and they said, you know what, I'm having an issue sleeping. What are the first things that you do with someone like that? Mm-hmm. The first thing I do, like, like is specifically with the sleep, I have a free guide that I email to them. It's a PDF. It's like a little booklet. And um, they can see my style. They can get a little familiar with my style because it's different. It's not like going to a traditional doctor that, hey, I'm going to give you this pill and all your problems are going to be solved. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's more into like, this is what the, the sleep course is and this is what working with me will entice. See and see if it resonates with you. I will also give a couple of tips there. They can help them sleep right away. And then I send them the sleep test, which is a test that will let them know if they really have insomnia. And, you know, most people think that they're sleeping very well and then they realize they're not because they take the test and they're like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, they say, okay, you know what? Yes, I'm interested. This kind of resonates with me. I'm there. I, I will, you know, tell them, like, hey, sign up for the course, do the whole thing, and then we'll go from there. The sleep course is it's an interactive online course. It's designed to take you there step by step. But I'm really uh, very clear about the fact that if you're looking for the magical pill, that course is not going to be for you because it really requires some kind of commitment to yourself. First, to make the time to read it and then practice the exercises 
and completing the PDFs and going a step by step. And once you decide to give it a try and you go there and you make the time and then you say, okay, I'm going to make that journey, your life can only change in a positive way. Because it, uh, like I said at the beginning, the first part of the course is like a training your mind, a crash course. And it's amazing. It has meditation, very easy yoga poses that anyone can do. It's a part of it that says, okay, what kind of stories are you telling yourself every day? It's uh, it's really good. So that's that's a little bit in, like in a nutshell how I will take somebody that wants to start the process. Yeah, and this is your, your online program. And this is something that I'm going to be offering in the store in the future. So uh Keep on the lookout for that and get in this course if you're having an issue sleeping because I know a lot of people have issues sleeping and you can't be healthy if you're not, not sleeping. But that's it for me with questions, Dr. Maria. Is there anything that you wanted to say in regards to that? And, and while you're, if you're saying anything, then also give people your email. I mean, I'm sorry, not your email, but your web address where they can learn a little bit more about you and where to go. Yeah, definitely. I will really encourage people to connect with me and so I can send them the free guide and also to take the test because sometimes we believe that we're really we're sleeping very well <laughs> and we're not. So um, I will definitely do that. And this is important for everyone, not anyone that maybe has uh, somebody that has insomnia, is that once you start thinking about wellness, there's always going to be some kind of resistance to start the process. You know, mm -hmm. there's always going to be some kind of, oh, I don't know if I could afford this, or I don't know if I have the time for this, or I've tried so many things before and they haven't worked, so why I'm going to do this right now? Just allow yourself to say yes and to be open and to start Going little by little will make so much difference. It will be so good for you. I used to be a no person, and I love to tell my <laughs> clients this. I used to say no to everything. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And now I'm like, I'm more open to experience, to give things a benefit of the doubt, to to be more into the receptive you know, place of, of allowing the things that come to me an opportunity and you know you can say okay I tried I didn't like it perfect but at least you gave it a try so starting yeah. a process in wellness is at least being open to give it a try and give it a try for yourself because it can only get better from there yeah right? I, yeah <laughs> I agree with you a lot of people find a ton of excuses to say no and not one to say yes and a lot of times exactly. that that whole being able to get to a change is just that one yes you say yes one time and your you know your world actually changes dr maria thank you so much for being on perfectly healthy and tone radio i really enjoyed this interview thank you me too it was amazing thank you for having me and but yeah all these questions really really help uh the people that are listening out there and uh please uh, send me a message and don't hesitate to reach out i'll be more than happy to connect all right did you give your website I don't think you did. I didn't. I didn't. It's actually called Dharma Gaya, which is Dharma with an H. Dharma is the, you know, that a wheel of Dharma, uh, but it's also service, which is really beautiful. And Gaia was the, the, the name of our beautiful planet. So it's Dharma Gaya Integrative Medicine.com. And I'm sure you, you'll uh, put it out there so people can um, 
see how it's spelled. <laughs> yeah, I'll put that on, on the website. So for those of you out there who are listening to this on iTunes, go to the website, perfectlyhealthyandtone.com. And when I have her podcast up there, you can actually listen to the podcast from the website. But I also have her listing on there for her website for those of you who want to check Dr. Maria out. Again, Dr. Awesome. Maria, thank you so much. Thank you. 